Hey everybody, this is Katie, the host of the Be Your Own Muse podcast. Thank you so much for being here where we talk about all things personal development, creativity, and just being a person who lives for themselves rather than um, external validation, which can be very, very expensive when you think about it. If every time that you uh, cared about somebody else's opinion, if that cost you $10, uh, you that would be hard. Uh, let's just put it that way. So I just realized a way to live more freely, uh, more budget friendly, if you want to put it that way, um, is to source the, the, the wisdom from within and the blueprint from within, because if you're looking outside of yourself, um, that's, that's not it. You're, you're not going to find it. Um, and this episode kind of talks my, talks you, talks, we, we talk through it together of how to step out of fear and how to step into a more embodied life. Um, because if you've ever jumped off a diving board or rode a roller coaster or got into some really cold water or went on a big hike or did something, you know that that, that, that feeling on the other side of it is just really, really good. And I want you to feel that way more in your life. Um, a quick quick um content warning i do briefly mention uh mental health um and depression very briefly um this episode is not about mental health it's not my intention to make it all about mental health and i do not diagnose or anything like that i just do briefly speak about my own experiences um and then i get a little bit personal with my own personal story so i just wanted to mention that um but overall i am here to give you tips and guidance if there's any part of you that feels like maybe you're not ready for this discussion i have plenty of other episodes out there um that you can listen to but thank you so much for listening let's let's get into the good stuff shall we right So I wanted to give myself a pat on the back because ever since graduating college and becoming a real adult, I have overcome the following fears. Fear of driving on the highway. Yeah, that was a big one. Fear of spending money. Fear of making money. Fear of asking for money. Fear of looking at my bank account. Fear of disappointing my parents. Fear of being disliked by anybody, ever. Fear of losing my friends. Fear of rejection. Fear of being uh, misconstrued or, or not being perceived in the way that I want to be. Fear of taking risks. Fear of going anywhere alone. Fear of adopting a dog um, and not taking care of it properly, which is valid, but like, that was, that was a big one. Um, and fear of posting on social media. So this list is non-exhaustive. It goes on and on and on, of course, but these were the, the big ones. Oh, also I forgot to mention, um, I had banana phobia growing up. That's a long story. And most people laugh. And I mean, you probably laughed when you heard it and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's fear of the fruit bananas. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like, but it was like a real tangible phobia that I actually no longer have. I eat bananas all the time now. (laughs) I'm not afraid of unpeeling one and putting it in a nice smoothie now. Um, but I just wanted to give you some examples of some things that I was just absolutely afraid of. In this episode, I'm going to share pretty personal stories of how I've overcome certain fears and insecurities and then realizing years later that I am actually back in the same trap and what I'm planning to do next about it. And then I'll give you a little exercise. If you're in a similar boat, maybe by listening to my story, you're like, oh shoot, I am in a really similar position. Um, What do I do? 
don't worry at the end of this episode i'll give you a little little like journaling prompt or maybe a conversation you can get going with somebody who you trust or a therapist um so our story begins in 2018 and it goes until now but before i go there i want to be a little bit more clear on what i mean by fears so i necessarily do i mean phobias like am i having full-blown panic attacks um, what, what's a fear? So yes and no to the full blown panic attacks. When I say fears, I mean, situations, things, people that you unconsciously or consciously avoid for no reason other than that they are foreign to you or that you have an assumption on what you think would happen. Like your, your future tripping, you're predicting the future, um, before even getting there. Um, in avoiding these scenarios, you tend to make things harder on yourself as you try to find loopholes or alternatives. For example, um, when I was afraid of driving on the highway, man, I <laughs> was just really going through a lot um, in attempts to avoid the highway. I mean, as you can imagine, like, it's just really convenient to be able to drive on the highway. Um, so I was just like finding all these loopholes or I would um, take Ubers a lot, which really, really added up because I once got a job where I had to get on the highway or I didn't have to, but it just took me like 15 minutes less time, which is significant when you're trying to get to work. Um, so sometimes if I didn't have time, I would just call an Uber, which can really add up because that Uber was like $30. Anyway, so trying to find alternatives or loopholes rather than confronting the scenario that brings you fear. The thought of just facing the scenario or just doing it um, makes you feel panicky, unsafe, and you may be behaving irrationally when faced with it. So a great example of behaving irrationally that I can think of is when I had banana phobia. <laughs> uh, I behave very irrationally when somebody had a banana in the room, or if I found out that something I had had bananas in it, or I made really sh sure when I was like going out to eat, if I like wanted a smoothie or something that like I didn't get anything with a banana in it, or I asked them like, can you please not put bananas in it? Because I did like fruit, I did like smoothies. Anyway, um, another way that I was behaving very irrationally was when I was afraid of, um, when I was afraid of, of disappointing people or like, like being misconstrued by a stranger. Um, like you really don't want strangers to think poorly of you. So you just kind of like act irrationally, like you're over apologizing or you're just like acting weird, um, in public because you're just really afraid of somebody taking something the wrong way. But I digress. Um, I'm going to give you some concrete examples in this story that I'm about to tell you. So in 2018, I was absolutely plagued by self-doubt. In early 2018, I'm talking like the winter months, um, I was really, really, really depressed. Um, that's not something I talk about a lot, but um, it was just really, really hard. Um, I mean, if you've ever been depressed, you, you know what it feels like. It just feels like, like the light is going out in the world around you and you don't have like the executive function in your brain to think about anything other than the absolute bare minimum. And every day that bare minimum, like, you know, a, a, something is taken off of it. So like what once was the bare minimum was exercising, eating healthy food, like that just doesn't become a priority anymore. And pretty soon you can barely get out of bed and you're doing what you need to do in order to like survive. And it's just really, really hard. And my heart goes out to anybody who's, who's dealing with that. And just know that I, in my own personal experience, I do understand. Um, I was very, I was actually tempted to, as I saw those priorities, um, fall off of my list of things that I did every day. I was very tempted to take myself to the hospital, um, because I just couldn't take care of myself anymore. Um, 
but something happened in 2018. So, okay, to back up, I wanted to take myself to the hospital in 2017. Um, but in 2018, um, my, my, uh, the company that I worked for announced that they'd be giving us all health insurance. I was not insured previously. Um, so in 2018, I was given health insurance and I thought, okay, let me just start going to therapy first <laughs> before doing anything drastic. Um, and I was really, really, really determined to see my problems differently and change my life. Um, for a little more context, this is not really what the episode is about, but the majority of my stressors and what was making me really depressed was my work. Um, I was not passionate about my job. In fact, my job was just like really giving me a, like, it was just consuming my life. It was really, really hard. Um, but I was seeing a therapist to kind of like help me change my view on it and like maybe help me manage stress. Um, but it wasn't until March, 2018 that I realized that like, I couldn't fix a broken job. <laughs> um, like the issue is so much bigger than me and I actually needed to, to quit. Um, but I didn't want to go anywhere else. So, um, I decided that I wanted to start my own business. I had been obsessed with the idea for a long time. Um, but the only thing that was really holding me back was fear. Like just this kind of overall feeling of like everyone else can have that, but not me. You know what I mean? Um, and I started meeting more and more people who started their own business and I started, um, finding more synchronicities. Um, so I just like knew that it was possible. Like for example, my sister-in-law, um, has always had her own business. She's never had a job. And so I'm kind of like, well, if she can do that, then why can't I? If you want a little bit more inf information on like her story, I think it's really, really interesting. Her name's Emily Hurt and she's a mural artist. Um, and I have an episode where I interviewed her. It's like something about um, Emily Hurt and I talking about how to create the perfect job. So if you want more information on that, like maybe you want to be a business owner or maybe you just want to like bring more well-being into your work, um, that's a really good episode to to get into. So anyhow, um, I had been really obsessed with the idea of starting my own business and the only thing that's holding me back was fear. So I decided to take care of that. All right. Like, all right. Like I need to start somewhere. So I hired a coach. I was actually seeing online a lot of, um, women who worked as like people who helped other women start their own businesses. So, um, I got over my fear. I put down, a lot of money, more money than I've ever spent on anything at once. I was like, so, so, you know, selfish, quote unquote. I don't think it was selfish in the long run, but so selfish, right? Like, <laughs> um, to put down like all of my savings. Um, but sure enough, um, it really, really worked. Like it really just helped me a lot. If you've ever worked with a coach, then you know how magical it can be. Um, so I'll, I'll share a little bit more specifically on how it worked. Um, so her name is Meg. Um, she's not currently still coaching. Otherwise I'd share her information. Um, actually I'll put down her Instagram and then um, you guys can kind of take a look, but she was amazing. Um, she challenged me on my bullshit. Um, so she would listen to me vent and she would basically turn that into gold. Um, so having a sounding board where you feel safe to talk and like it's somebody's role to help you. Um, she would, she would really listen for if I ever said something like I can't like, Oh, I can't do that. Or that like, if I sounded like I was passionate about something, but then I would say like, Oh, I could never, you know what I mean? Like it's one thing for someone to, to 
not be passionate about something and not want to do anything about it. But it's another thing for someone to sound so passionate about something or express that their life would be better by taking this action and then saying, oh, I can't. So she kind of called me out on that. She would repeat back what it sounded like I was passionate about and challenge me to do something about it. So for example, I started my business and I would kind of like say how I wanted new clients, but um, I didn't feel like I was worthy of them. Like that's scary. It's a solid fear (laughs) to put yourself out there. Like a lot of people have that fear of, of being a salesperson, right? Like being rejected. Um, so she would challenge me to go like just press live on Instagram live and talk about your business, mention you're open for clients, which is like a really simple thing to do. I mean, we press buttons on our phone all day. So why not press the one that's going to change your life? It just really rocked my world. Um, the support on the other side of taking these actions was so incredibly crucial. So, I mean, like if you go Instagram live and you say, Hey guys, I'm open for business, send me a DM. This is what I do. This is why I'm the best person for the job, whatever. And then like just the internal screaming (laughs) or the external screaming that you do. Um, but then she's there for you. Maybe she shows up live and says like, Hey Katie, you can do this. Like, she's just awesome. When you're facing your fears, it almost feels like you're holding down the reset button on your nervous system, like that reset button on your computer. You just like kind of hold it down until it like restarts on your, like your whole nervous system. So like if you've ever done something really scary, I think a great example of this is like, if you're afraid of going on roller coasters or jumping in really cold water, um, something like that, that like really only takes a second to do, but your whole like your ego, the part of you that wants to stay safe is just like completely resisting it. And then you get on the other side and you're like, Ooh, I feel, I feel alive. You know, that, that feeling, um, this can easily manifest. So this feeling that I'm talking about, it can easily manifest as more trauma. If you're not intentional, like it can just be traumatic. If you don't have, um, support or you don't, you're not intentional about it, or you're not really caretaking with yourself or there aren't things around you that ground you into this being a fun, good time. So like I think of going on a roller coaster (laughs) Um, and maybe it's like psychologically really scary for you, but when you get off the roller coaster, like, and, or when you're on it or waiting in line or whatever, something I like to do is like look around for, for symbols that can ground me into remembering that this is a fun time and I'm safe. Like we're not doing this because we want to hurt ourselves. We're doing this because we want to have a good time. And so all the colors and the clowns or whatever they have at amusement parks these days, um, fair food and happy people and people screaming with joy and saying, Oh my God, that was awesome. Like I use this grounding techniques and look around and think like, okay, um, (laughs) this is a good time. This is fun. Whereas like maybe jumping off a ragged cliff with no one's around, maybe that's a little bit harder to kind of ground and trust yourself that much. Um, so (laughs) yeah, uh, I remember in psychology class, um, because I have a degree in psychology, I remember learning about exposure therapy, which is what it sounds like to expose yourself to something that scares you. Like if you are afraid of going on elevators, then you should go on an elevator. If you're afraid of bugs, you should go look at some bugs, touch some bugs, learn about bugs. Um, and that it should be done under supervision and support because if you're, if you're, if you're not receiving that support, then your ego just kind of comes up with more reasons on like, Oh, this is so terrible. And like can tend to like warp your mind tends to warp what happened. Like, Oh my God, I almost died. And did you see that? And you know, and then the therapist says, Hey, no, you're okay. 
this is amazing. I'm proud of you. Like that makes so much difference. Um, so as I began to grow and expand my business, I was starting to make client, you know, get clients and make money and my life did change for the better, but you, this thing tends to happen where you tend to attract a lot of haters, a lot of commentary, um, people who make well-meaning comments. Like, I mean, maybe they mean well, but they're not, um, they don't really understand, um, your vision or what you're doing because they've never been there or people who just like aren't playing like, like just straight up aren't nice. Um, I started getting a lot of comments on like what I was doing, nitpicking at my wording and phrasing. Like people weren't listening to the spirit of the message I was saying, but they were nitpicking these little words. And um, I became terrified to check my phone because I just felt like somebody was going to say something. And keep, keep in mind, like nobody really gave me feedback that was that I was being harmful or something like that. It was just like people were nitpicking on my spelling or grammar or like the, the wording or something like they were, they were not having grace with me being new at this or me being young or I don't know. Like it was just, people were nitpicking at me. Um, but I felt like I couldn't afford the luxury of just like not looking at my phone anymore and not working. Um, I got started to get comments on my body too. I was a yoga teacher and a lot of people were, making comments about my weight, um, and asking me if I was pregnant because I don't know. I don't know. I'm chubby. People deal with it. I don't know what to tell you. I don't even, I didn't even think that I was that chubby, but the more that people commented on it, it just made me more self-conscious. Um, and in the moment I would kind of tell myself like, okay, it's not that bad. Um, some, some certain comments, um, really left me like just sobbing, like just absolutely broke down crying. And then I would like tell my coach and she would comfort me. And I just like, don't think I could have gotten this far without her, her support. I would have given up way sooner. Um, but eventually like, it just got to be too much. Um, I was getting feedback a lot that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like it didn't seem straightforward and to be totally honest, seemed just kind of mean spirited. Like people just wanted to have put in their two cents. Uh, if a coach or a mentor ever gave me feedback, Obviously I took it seriously, but these were people who were just triggered in their own insecurity by me and wrapped up in their own, wrapped up their own complaints under the guise of advice. I have heard that happening lots of other times to other people. Like, I don't know. I've just like, that's something I've heard about being like warned about. Um, but I didn't think it would happen to me because I wanted to be like, I just wanted to be nice. And I didn't want to assume that people were jealous of me. And goes back to like what I was saying earlier was like, I just didn't want people to dislike me. I wanted to be like nice. And so if somebody gave me feedback and like say it was mean spirited or just like kind of hidden, like wolf in sheep's clothing, kind of hidden as um, like a nice comment, but it was actually kind of a put down, which happened to me a lot. Um, I wanted to take it seriously and just like kind of show my humility. But then eventually I had to realize like, it took me years to realize like, you can just tell people to like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> okay. So anyway, there's a lot of variables that factored into this, but I believe my nervous system simply being frazzled. I mean, if you've ever just been stressed with a capital S, you know what I mean? Um, for me, it was a combination of living in a crowded, noisy city, um, to not having any boundaries with people around me. Like I said, if somebody would like give me feedback, like, I think you should do this. I would just kind of be like, oh my gosh, you're right. And then consider it and just like wasting my own time. 
Um, starting a business is scary. Seeing those numbers go all over the place. I mean, up and down, like there was no consistency in my income for a long time. Um, plus all these comments that I was getting, um, also Evan taking out student loans and like going to school and being gone all day and like, ugh, all of those things. Just like, that's why my hair started to fall out. I, uh, you, you know, a lot of, you know, that story, um, in 2019, my hair was starting to fall out. Like my long, pretty blonde hair started to fall out. And so I just felt like the right thing to do was instead of like worrying about fixing it with shampoo or medicine or whatever other therapies people told me about, um, I just feel like shaving my head was the right thing to do. Um, that was a fear I had of like not being feminine or not having my pretty hair. And like, that was directly another fear I had. And I just felt very strongly like I needed to lean into it. Um, I also started to think that like people were making a lot of comments on my appearance. Um, and like I said, they were commenting on my body and I kind of just felt like if I shaved my head, it would just be like a way of reclaiming my, um, my identity and like the way I look. So people, it's harder for people to want to like fuck with you <laughs> if you shave your head. Um, but if you, otherwise I feel like people feel like they can just comment on stuff all day long and I just feel like I didn't have the stomach for it. So then, 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 then the pandemic came. We remember that one. Freshly shaved head, exhausted spirit, and a COVID pandemic led me to feeling just completely burnt out. Um, I started to develop all of these insecurities that weren't there before, or they hadn't been around for years. I became self-conscious about the way I talk, the way I look, and my hair, my hair looked. It was just way too much. Um, and then, of course, on top of that, like everyone else, I'm sure, all of the heartbreaking events in the world and going on Facebook, which used to be like my place to express myself. Like I went to Instagram and I was just so excited to get there and share. Um, I was just full of people arguing about basic rights and politics. And I just felt like I didn't have a voice. I didn't feel... I just felt like so much more insecure. Like you kind of just shove that all back in. Of course, I think a lot of people felt that way. So over time though, like many of us, I slowly started to come out of it the best I could. I knew that I couldn't hide forever. Um, I started to take little weekend trips to boost my morale. Um, my husband and I went to Arizona and California and Colorado and Utah um, and a lot of little places in Vegas. And that really like helped me because they're all very nature, nature centered. So they were very COVID friendly. We didn't go anywhere huge and metropolitan, but, um, I also hired coaches and I just did the absolute best I could with what I had. Um, and also, so also not to mention I'm this, this time I moved in, um, this was during the pandemic and the pandemic kind of threw a wrench into our plans, um, because we were living in DC um, so we moved in with my parents because one, I totally, totally missed them. Like, I just felt like this pandemic was like, I needed to be around my family. Um, because who freaking knows what's going to happen next. Um, <laughs> um, also I just feel like I needed a break from grinding and like constantly worrying about paying rent in DC. Our rent was more than I was prepared to pay for. Um, but it was worth it to me when, um, when we lived in a city that was like thriving and I could walk anywhere and the Smithsonian museums were open. Um, and then I, I could go see people, but without all of that, like just living in DC didn't feel worth it to me. And I just needed a break from feeling like I needed to constantly survive in this city and like make my rent. And just, I was losing my passion for the city. Um, I couldn't teach yoga in person anymore. 
Um, so, but I was also insecure about living with my parents. Like I was worried that someone is going to think, I don't know, poorly of me. I just feel like overall I couldn't like live as large as I used to and like as transparently. Um, so these insecurities were like just so, so deep in me, no matter what I did. I feel like everything I did just absolutely flopped. Like, um, my, I felt like my creative ideas were not working as well as I thought they should. Um, I felt like I wasn't making enough, as much money as I thought I should, which when I think back on it, like a lot of that is, um, poor perception. Um, my perception was like off and just like, you know, when we get insecure, we kind of just like tend to think really critically of ourselves. But when I look back with like neutral loving eyes, I guess I'm like, wow, I am really proud of myself. I did do more than I thought I was in that year. Um, but still, I mean, the feelings were present. I just felt like I completely lost my magic and I had no idea to get it back. Um, so fast forward till now, Evan and I, we don't live in Las Vegas with my parents anymore. Um, but we do live in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so we do not live with my parents. We're here in Virginia. Um, and just moving here gave me an opportunity to really start to observe my language and just like the way that I think and my habits, my patterns, um, and I started to think about what was like, what was going on here? Really? Um, what, what's the, what's this, what's the deal here? Why am I still holding myself back? Um, so, you know, your habits, your patterns, your, um, your, what's the word, like your sense of consequences, your sense of discipline is all related to the root chakra, right? And if we don't have a root chakra, then we don't have anything to create with. And we don't have anything to speak about if we're just like all over the place with no consistency. Um, I noticed that I was saying in my head internally, I can't do that. So that's why having a coach is so important because you're saying these things out loud to somebody who's listening for your language. And if I were to say, I can't do that to a coach, um, <laughs> she would, she would call me out on that. But when you say it to yourself, you don't really think about it like in your head privately. I mean, or if I had an idea, like maybe a creative business idea or something, I would feel excited about it. But then I'll just get so exhausted. Like when I started to think about implementing it, um, I would need to lay down and like take a nap. Right. And I would eventually talk myself out of it. It's frustrating, right? Like, <laughs> um, or, or I would tell somebody who I knew wouldn't get it. Like I would, if I had an idea, I would tell somebody like my sister, for example, who is someone who I feel like I can talk to, but she doesn't get it. She hasn't been where I've been. Um, and she would kind of like start to poke holes in it to cut with like, it just like with kind of a, like more of a negative attitude, like, oh, you can't do that. You know, nobody else does that. And it's so like me telling somebody who doesn't understand, doesn't as inherently believe in me, um, that I can do anything I want. Cause she has much more of a practical view on things, more of a quote unquote realistic thing. Um, that's a form of self-sabotage to, to tell people who, you know, aren't going to agree with you. Um, another way I started to distract myself is I became more concerned with other people's lives. Like, <laughs> okay. So not like a gossipy kind of way, but I would just find any opportunity to distract myself. Um, I would talk to other people or I would just consume content on the internet that wasn't really doing me any good. Like anything that would distract me from the ideas I had, the aspirations I had. It's one thing to take a break and to allow yourself to rejuvenate so you get back and be inspired. But this just felt like I was stuck in a loop of, of distraction. And, and you'll really feel the difference between the two. Like if you've been there, you, you can feel the difference. Um, I would also pick up my phone whenever I was journaling, daydreaming, or otherwise just kind of getting in my creative vortex. So when I say daydreaming, I mean that in like a positive way, like just getting in your creative vortex. 
Um, checking your phone when you're in the creative vortex totally cuts you off from flow because it interrupts your thought process. It's a lot like hanging out with somebody who interrupts you while you're working with irrelevant information. Like they're, they're just kind of saying like, Hey, look what's on the news today. Hey, your best friends went here. Hey, this person had a baby and you're like trying to work and it's annoying, right? But you're pretty much doing it yourself. So there's that. (laughs) So what am I doing about it now? I have a five step plan. Step one, I'm going to write out all of my worst case scenarios. Okay. So like, what are you afraid of? All right. So you have this idea, right? And you're cutting it off before it's even born. You're, um, I think in the Bible, it says something about destroying, I don't don't know, destroying in seed form. Don't destroy a tree while it's still in seed form. Um, so I, I wish I looked that one up first, but it just came to me when I was talking. So step one, write all of your worst case scenarios out. Um, and I have mine here right now in front of me and I'm going to share them with you and as well as the, um, the other four step processes. But first we're going to take a teeny tiny little break. So you may have heard about them. But I'm here to tell you that thanks, the underwear that absorbs your period is the absolute real deal. They come in many different styles, some of them that hold up to five regular tampons worth. They have very, very comfortable designs, even better and more comfortable, I would say, than regular underwear. Um, like I said, different absorbencies from light to super machine washable. I used to worry that I would have to be that kind of person that would like go out in my backyard and wash them with a hose and hang them up on a clothesline for my neighbors to see. Um, these underwears are amazing. I actually, I don't use anything else. Um, I got a diva cup back in the day, um, back in college and I loved it. But then I got my first couple pairs of Thinks, and this is all that I use now um, with harsh chemicals and tampons and pads, as well as them just not like they're not they're not comfortable. I think by day three with other forms of um, period control, I I just they're uncomfortable, like they don't feel good. I feel bad. I don't know if that's just me, though. Um, they have different styles, including a new plus size line. I love that one. Um, they have overnight protection. So no more period nightmares. I actually (laughs) told somebody the other day that I used to wake up regularly, regularly on the Japanese flag, quote unquote. Um, maybe you know what that means. Um, and they have different, different styles depending on what you're going for. And yes, they have boxers, they have boy shorts, they have more gender neutral styles as more cheeky feminine styles. So that you can have a peaceful period week in the most comfortable, breathable collection of undies. The good news for you, because I know you want to try them. I know that you want to see what the fuss is about. I know that you want to maybe get some biker shorts which I love. I do yoga in them. Um, even when I'm not on my period, I wear them. They're still pretty comfortable. Um, I know that I know that you're, that you're into it and you want to give it a shot. So if you're on the fence about it, I do have a code for you. Um, use the link actually, just kidding. It's not a code. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) use the link in the show notes, um, so that you can get 
$10 off your first order. And if you're still not completely sure, they have a quiz so that you can find out which ones are the right for you so that you can know your flow. And then also, 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 you can save if you order bundles. So maybe you want a couple at a time, um, but you just need a little, little variety in your pocket, which I totally, totally understand. Um, they have discounts on their bundle. So go to the link in my show notes um, and I will get you $10 off your first order. Thank you so much. And let's get back to the episode. Okay. 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 I'm back. Where was I? All right. Writing out all my worst case scenarios. Here they are. Number one, failing, failing. What? I don't know. Just failing. (laughs) Number two, wasting time and energy and money. Interesting. Remember, these are not always like logical or rational. And when you start to kind of ask questions and poke holes in it, you're like, oh, this is very, very interesting. And number three, disappointing Evan, my husband. Number four, disappointing a client. Um, so say for example, um, I want to pivot my business model and I want to do something different, which is very common for me as I'm a manifesting generator and I really want to do all the things. Um, and I don't want to apologize for it all the time, but sometimes I do disappoint clients and I just kind of stopped because I didn't like disappointing clients. Number five, losing more friends. Um, I lost a lot of friends in 2018 when I did all the things I said earlier, like chasing my dreams and being more expressive. Yeah. Turns out some people don't like that. (laughs) Losing more friends, right? Like the ones I have left. Number six, making Evan's family think I'm crazy. Um, One thing I will say about that right now as I'm reading this list is they went through a phase where they thought I was absolutely crazy in 2018 and then they just kind of settled and then they're like, well, that's Katie. And then they accept me. So that's good. Number seven, getting into another terrible argument with my sister. Um, yeah, we got into some pretty big arguments in 2018 because she didn't understand what I was doing and she thought that I was uh, ruining my life and ruining everyone else's life. You know, we talked about this, like just the kind of comments that people made. But I got into some pretty big arguments with her that really made me cry because she can be really mean. <laughs> okay, so that's step one. Write it all out. What are your worst case scenarios? Like get them out on paper. Even that is just so cathartic. Step two, write down. Okay. Okay hear me out here. The benefit of having all these fears. What are you gaining with these fears? We have them for a reason. So we're, we're afraid for a reason because we think that they're protecting something or we're gaining something from it. We're, we're always receiving, right? We're always receiving whether it's social approval or it's money. So do you want social approval? Do you want money or do you want your dream life or do you want, um, social approval. Do you want safety or you do, you want, um, to live your life. Uh, so maybe you're keeping the peace. Um, you never have to learn any new skills or be bad at anything. Uh, you get to save the time it takes from putting effort into something new, et cetera. What is it? Uh, I would write that down right next to every single uh, thing on your list. Number three, write down what these fears are costing you. What is the, like, what are you losing from being afraid of these things? Is it money? freedom, deeper creative expression, crossing more things off your bucket list, living a life that you like can just fall asleep like a baby at night. I mean, that's a big thing. Cause I know when I'm living for a lot of other people, I have a lot of trouble sleeping and I'm constantly in my head, like rationalizing and feeling like I'm constantly like pulling all these strings to make everything balance. Like I want to do this, but I can't because then this person will be mad or I want to do this, but I can't because what if it doesn't go my way? And what if you just like, gently, obviously not in like an explosive, terrible way said like, Hey, fuck it. (laughs) 
uh, because you don't have to like really shock your nervous system and like create more trauma or hardship. There's definitely steps you can take. And I am living proof of that. Step four, ask yourself, what is on the other side of these fears? So what is on the other side of you being too afraid to post on social media? Like I used to have that fear, anything that was like, not the status quo, you know, brunch pictures, selfies, dogs, whatever, whatever, like anything that was like real or <laughs> celebrating yourself or celebrating your growth or talking about your business. Like those just all were so taboo. I lost a lot of followers, you guys, but what is on the other side of that? Oh, you have a business. That's amazing. You have clients, your relationships are flourishing. Get imaginative here and really tap into your higher self, the version of you that knows the truth and just wants, and just like, let your pen flow. So when I'm writing in general, I like to keep my hand on my heart to just kind of activate that heart space. It really helps me. Um, and maybe I'll do like a little meditation or I'll take breaks because sometimes it just gets to be really intense, but then come back to it with like a, a strong hearted intention. Like what, what's your intention? You know, you have to really want to let go of your fears. You're like, I hope that you're not just doing this cause you're like, well, Katie said to do it. I mean, this information is free. I I'm not holding a gun to your head. Like, <laughs> Uh, do this because you really want something on the other side of it. So what is on the other side of, other side of it? Uh, step five, final step. How can you tiptoe or cannonball in if that's your style, but depending on the level of support you have and just like kind of how fed up you are with your life, I don't know, um, kind of gauge, like, where do you want to go? Do you want to tiptoe in? Do you want to cannonball in your way into exposing yourself to these fears? Um, my husband, Evan is really good at this. He notices fear in his body. Like it's a, like it's a chemical reaction in your body. So whenever you feel fear, where is it? I feel it in my throat. I feel it in my gut, like deep in my gut. Um, he declares it to be what it is. It's fear, right? It's not a logical action. It's fear, right? Um, and he decides that it's a foreigner and he can leave his body every, every time. Like a fear is just passing by. It doesn't live there. It kind of alerts you, but then it moves on. Um, and you can kick it out anytime by changing it into an opportunity. So Evan is all about taking cold showers. That's a really good way to rewire your mind. Um, he talks to strangers and he just really leans into like that scary thing that he ultimately know is expansive. So there you have it. I'm going to go do this challenge myself right now. Uh, I'm going to trust what comes up with my pen and just ultimately really, really, really go with what comes up for me. Um, I, if you want to do this with me, I still want to hear your takeaways, even if you don't. And as always, you can tag me on any of your takeaways from this podcast, share the love, share the wealth. Um, I absolutely love hearing your takeaways. I love hearing what you guys have to say. Um, and whether or not you want to keep this private, I totally support you. Um, like I said, tag me on Instagram at funky Aphrodite on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys very much. Mwah.